Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is Tuesday, April 28th. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we have got some crazy interesting topics to discuss today. But before we do so, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Make sure that you go and check it out. Make sure you are subscribed on any of the platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, or your favorite podcast app. Go check them out wherever you can get your podcasts. Uh, We would appreciate that. Leave a nice review. Leave some comments. If you are watching the show live right now, if you would like to hop in, the chat box is right there on your screen. Anything that you type into us will pop up right there. We will be able to see it. We will respond. We will have a nice conversation about whatever it is that you were wanting to talk about. Um, Chris, let's go ahead. I want to start off with this. The Pentagon released their UFO footage yesterday and while it's not you know it, it it's kind of crazy all of this stuff that's happening right now with this pandemic and there's so many news stories and everything else the idea of aliens being real is not even on the ticker it's like nobody even cares you know there's there's a small segment of the population that's like oh, okay cool and then there's this whole other segment that's like I don't even know what you're talking about. I never even saw it. The Pentagon released actual footage, actually confirmed that it was real because this stuff was leaked from forever ago. That's right. 2004, 2015, the Navy actually had footage of UFOs. They could not tell what this was. They did research into it, etc. Uh, I've got an article from Business Insider. These are the highlights, okay? The Pentagon on Monday released three videos of unidentified aerial phenomena after years of speculation about them. The videos, which can be seen in full on the website, Business Insider, which you can find these videos everywhere, uh, were taken by Navy aircraft cameras in 2004 and 2015 and show small floating objects that baffled some of the pilots filming them. Uh, The clips had previously been leaked to media outlets and UFO research groups. The Navy acknowledged the video's authenticity in September, but said in January that material it had about UFOs would cause grave damage to national security if released, which is kind of strange, right? Uh, In a statement on Monday, the Pentagon said that the videos did not reveal any sensitive capabilities and that their release would not hurt future UFO investigations. Senator Harry Reid, who as the Senate Majority Leader in 2007 funded a research program into UFOs, tweeted that this release, quote, only scratches the surface of what the Pentagon has on file. This is nuts. So it leads me to this question. Do you believe that aliens exist? <laughs> I, in, in full disclosure, in all honesty, um, 
Yeah, I think I do. I'll give you my logic behind it. I don't want to just say something insane. I, I say a lot of insane things, but I always try to back them up with why I think that way. I think that's important if you're going to say something insane. Yes. Um, th- there are there are two arguments that I've heard in my lifetime that lead me to this level of fault. Okay. Now there's there's many things that have come through my head as to why I think what I think and all this stuff, but it it can all be broken down in two things. In the early '90s, I was a child. I mean, I mean, I might have been in seventh or eighth grade. Um. I remember listening to a stand-up routine that I should not have been listening to. Okay. I, I was raised <laughs> by older cousins who looked after me and took care of me. Um, that used to let me watch stand-up comedy on HBO all the time and showtime. And uh, and I don't remember if it was Eddie Griffin or Chris Rock or somebody. It was one of those guys, somebody like that, that had a bit about aliens. And their whole concept, I'm not gonna try to do their bit or whatever, but I remember to this day, like it was yesterday, their whole concept was. How dare we be so arrogant to think that we're the only things here and everything else in universe is just lights. It's just decoration for us to look at. And, and I took, I thought about that my entire life growing up. I thought if there aren't any life forms outside of here, why are all the other planets out there? Why are the other solar systems out there? Why is this? And it's one of the things that I'm super interested. I mean, you and I went to Chicago. Every time I've gone to Chicago, I go to the planetarium. Yeah. I go, I spend hours walking around, reading, looking, watching videos. I'm just really interested in this stuff. Not that I know anything about any of this, but, but I was thrilled to yeah. be able to learn. The second thing was just an argument that I heard, and this is the dumbest thing on earth, but an episode of Gas Monkey garage they did um like a galaxy car a ford galaxy okay and they went to area 51 or whatever and and one of the guys on the show was asked does he believe in aliens and his his argument for why he believes in aliens is simply this i don't know if it's real or not but it's more fun to think that it's real than to yes. think that it's not now you're a hundred percent right on that and if we don't know, there's no there's no science to prove it or disprove it, then I'm gonna believe the thing that that I think is is more fun. Oh yes. It it All makes it makes life, life more interesting. Two arguments have led me to believe I like thinking aliens are real. Oh yeah. Let's uh let's jump in these comments real quick. McKinnon said, boys, y'all know I'm in. Uh Mordecai's on Periscope said, Hi guys. Hi, Mordecai. This is a, a new commenter, so uh, hey, so up? definitely want to say hello there. Michael jumped in, said, "What's up, fellas? Can 2020 get any crazier?" This has been a just a fascinating two months. I mean, it, it really it's been four I mean, months all this year. year realistically, it's yeah. been kind of insane. And then McKinnon said, "People already think I'm a loon. I'm not touching UFOs or aliens." Uh, look, people can think I'm crazy if if they want to, but 100, yeah. percent I believe in ghosts. I believe in aliens. I believe you know all this stuff. I think all of it's 100% possible that it could be like that because uh, just because my brain can't really comprehend it doesn't mean it ain't out there. No, there's a lot my brain can't comprehend. <laughs> and, and I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack because I grew up in the church and, and I've got a lot of friends that are super way more in the church than I am today. I don't know how, I don't know how believing in something wild or crazy is any different than any religion. It's not. 
Like I, I know that's going to sound like an insult to those who believe in religion, but I don't, don't, I don't, I don't mean I, this. I don't that think, I don't think that's insulting at all. When I, um, when I think about and struggle with my beliefs in a higher being in God or Christ or whatever it is that I believe in, I battle with the concept. And there are many times where I come to the point where, you know what, I don't know, but I feel more secure in believing, yeah, than not believing. And so, and so I lean that way, and that's. I think that's okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm quite certain that <laughs> my church friends would not be happy with my commentary on that right now. I don't think it's that's, wrong at all. I, I don't think you get anything. My brain about. works though. Yeah. No, I mean it makes sense. It makes absolute sense. Uh, yeah, it is. It is very interesting when uh, when the Pentagon releases footage of UFOs and it's not even a blip on the radar. That's when you know that everything has gone crazy. Uh, McKinnon jumped in. He said, "If I, or if yeah, excuse me, if we're being honest, I'm a Sasquatch guy. Like, yeah, I think that's possible too." Uh, <laughs> and then Michael said, "I'm right there with you guys to each his own, and who is anyone to judge?" Yeah, you got that right. Like this stuff is until someone can prove to me it's not real. Then I, you know, that's the my my only argument is is there's no proof of the negative. Yeah, and it, we got you, more proof that it is real than not real. Yeah, because. Nobody can seem to explain these things. Just because we haven't seen it does not mean that it ain't out there. But so, we have seen these things that no one can explain. Yeah. The the biggest thing about these videos is that the the object, whatever it was, is moving so fast that it doesn't register as anything that they have ever seen before. Navy and there's no other country can't keep up. They can't like go trace it down. Yeah, they can't keep up with it. And and we've got you know, of all the countries that are out there, we've got the fastest aircraft uh, we got, carriers. Yeah, we we definitely have. Uh, yeah, the most most aviation wise. Hey, Blake um, Blake D's jumped in. He said, "I've seen them." Uh, yeah, I, I guarantee you, I know that I have seen stuff that I can't explain I don't know that what I've it was. Seen it. I, I'd I'd sure like to. I also have a belief in this. We assume that aliens, even when they come around. That that they're here monitoring us and and they have like nefarious ideas. I don't. I don't know that I believe that at all. I, because if if you took the best and brightest that our world has to offer, if those people were capable of finding other planets with life, they're not going to go there to destroy it. They're the most intelligent people we have on this earth, and and they're not. They're there to observe. They're there to look at. And I don't really know how it's. Joe Rogan talks about this all the time. He's an alien kind of nut. And he says, how's it any different than like when we go into the Amazon to research like, you know, uh, you know, different animals or whatever. And, and we learn of these new life forms and species of animals that have been around forever. We're not there to destroy them. We're there learning about them. And they're just a different level of evolution in, in this whole world. They, if they found us and we haven't been able to find them, we assume that they're more advanced than we are. Agreed. And, we uh, we would assume that. Now, yeah, it may not be necessarily that. true, but uh, Blake, he said, uh, can't explain it, but it ain't a plane, helicopter, or a drone. Michael, with an interesting topic here, if the government is showing this top secret stuff, what the hell are they trying to distract us from? Uh, well, That's a whole other conversation. I, yeah, <laughs> true, true, very true. I'm no. always, but I'm the anti-government guy, though, so that's, I don't trust anybody. At, well, at you and I, I think that's... That's partly how we became friends. So <laughs> we cannot trust people together. It works out have beautifully. Doctors who are 
I, I do think that it is in their best interest to take care of me, and I question everything they do. Well, I, I think that's typically a smart thing. But With as many things I as you have seen. everybody is out for themselves. And yeah. Can you fix me? No, but you can come see me once a month for the rest of your life. Oh, <laughs> great. Mm, do you have a mortgage? You go on vacation <laughs> a lot? Yeah, that's why I'm coming to see you every month. <laughs> Let's uh let let's go ahead and move on here. MLB is planning to return in late June. Ready um, for this, man. They are talking about playing in home stadiums with a realigned league. Now, have you seen about this? No, I haven't seen the realigned league, and I haven't really heard much of this. This came out today, right? This yeah, this came out today. Yeah, um, so I, yeah, I, yeah, I like did like actually an hour to watch draft stuff. Today I woke up and. I went to work. Bob Nightingale from USA Today. He said, maybe it's a dream scenario. Maybe it's premature to get excited. Then again, maybe it just might work. Major League Baseball officials have become cautiously optimistic this week that the season will start in late June and no later than July 2nd, playing at least 100 regular season games, according to three executives with knowledge of the talks. They requested anonymity because the plan is still under consideration. Not only would baseball be played, but it would be played in their own major league ballparks, albeit with no fans. MLB is considering a three-division, 10-team plan in which teams play only within their division, a concept that is gaining support among owners and executives. It would abolish traditional American and National Leagues, realign the divisions based on geography. The plan, I was about to say regional, right? It's all regional. All regional. It makes traveling that much easier. One team that pisses everybody off is Seattle because they're <laughs> way the hell up there away from everybody. Yep. The, uh, the plan, pending approval of medical experts and providing the COVID-19 testing is available to the public, would eliminate the need for players to be in isolation and allow them to still play at their home ballparks while severely reducing travel. The divisions would keep many of the natural rivals together while playing one another before an expanded playoff format. Here's a look at the possible realignment structure. All right, so in the East, you would have the Yankees and Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Phillies, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, and Marlins. So all East Coast. Yep. In the West. And, and for the most part, all up north other than the two Florida teams. Yes. In I'm the actually West, really shocked that the two Florida teams are up there. I know. It's a long travel, but, I mean, they are still drive, in the same coast. All of those other teams, you could drive all of that on a bus in a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if you got planes, I mean, all these teams have planes. So okay, True. All right. True. All right. So, in the West, Dodgers and Angels, San Francisco Giants, Oakland Athletics, uh, the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Rangers, the Astros, and the Mariners. So, all of those out west. I was a little surprised to see Houston in that, but when you look at the the Central Division, it kind of changes things up. In yeah, the Central, Houston's just so far away from everybody else anyway. Yeah, it, it was it was I mean, weird. They're way, they're way closer to Arlington than they are St. Louis, and that's yeah. probably the next closest team to them. I thought they might have done, like... Maybe Kansas City, out with, but even that's a, I mean, that's a haul. Um, it's pretty, pretty big, yeah. So, in the Central, they've got the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, Reds, Indians, Twins, Braves, and Tigers. Uh, now, the Braves and Milwaukee are forever away from each other, but I think this does make a lot of sense. Uh, what he said is it's too early to co- or to expound on the details, uh, with new ideas floated each week. It's also not known whether teams would have to open the season in Arizona, Florida, and Texas for several weeks before everyone could return to the home stadiums, yet they could squeeze in 100 to 110 games and perhaps even have several thousand fans in attendance before or during the playoffs. Uh, 
one of the officials said, I'm very optimistic it's all coming together. Uh, one of the additional benefits to playing in Major League Cities is it would alleviate a possible split among players who are opposed to playing the entire season in Arizona, Florida, and Texas. Several high-profile players, including the Angels Mike Trout and the Dodgers Clayton Kershaw, expressed strong resistance to playing the season away from their families, which is exactly what you and I had discussed before. Now, you didn't think it'd be a problem. I thought some of these guys were, were not going to be happy about that. but they leave their ass at home. Yeah, but uh, you, you don't want to have a season without Clayton Kershaw and Mike Trout. I mean, it's not that they're <laughs> worth a whole lot anyway. every year of our life without Mike Trout. That's true. <laughs> Show up and play ball, boy. Yeah. Uh, now, they don't have very many discussions going on about the financial ramifications about playing without fans. But, um, I mean, they're, they're discussing, like, players taking pay cuts, uh, all, all kinds of different stuff. This is, um, this is very likely. I mean, this is, there's a whole lot that's going on here. Um, one of the executives said, this is going to be a season like we've never seen, but that's fine. At least it's a season. I, what are your thoughts here? What, what do you, what do you I, feel? I, I really hope this happens. Now, I, I have become more optimistic through this simply because over the last couple of weeks, I stayed away from all the coronavirus stuff for several weeks and kind of poking in and out of the news a little bit. And then not this past weekend, but last week, I kind of started, I kind of got myself back into it. And I was reading some things and, and I stay away from a lot of news media, uh, TV news media, cable news, just because I don't, everybody's got a political agenda and it's really hard to figure out what you're doing. So I started reading up on doctors. Okay. Cause these are the only yeah. people that I actually give a shit about what their opinion is. All right. At least when it comes to this. Yeah. yeah well, yes. Okay. When it comes to this, well, no, I thought that was clarified, but yes. Um, I, I think these people are getting a handle on this virus. Now v- vaccines. No, not yet. We're getting close. It seems like, but that's a long, long con at the end of the day. Basically, what we have to get to is we have to get this to where if and when you catch this, we can give you medicine for it, and and you be fine. Yeah. And it be just like the common cold. It be just, I'm not saying it is like the, but it becomes like those things once we get medical treatments because we're not having a problem with too many people on ventilators. We're able to treat this thing better today than we were five weeks ago. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and people are still catching it. And then they're getting better from it, A, much faster than they used to. And the medicine seems to be working. And you've got a couple of different doctors around the country and around the world even that are trying different medical combinations of treatment. And, and that's what we need because then it doesn't matter if – it doesn't matter if you get it or not. I mean, I literally heard a doctor say, if we can get the treatment down – to where it works and we have confidence and faith in it, then we realistically want everybody to open back up. This is not an economical thing. This is not a common thing. We want everybody to catch it. Yeah. Just like we Herd want immunity. to make it. And, and then, and then we can fight it. And then once your body had it and we fought it, then your, your, your immune system is stronger against it. And toward it. it's just like the flu. It's just like the cold then. And, and, and we are stronger together. And I don't understand any of that. That's all way outside it's, of my it, realm of expertise. So it's or the, the herd immunity. About. It's exactly what you said. Once, okay, it, once you have I, it. I don't know. I didn't know that that's what that's called. I, and yeah. So, but I just, I just think there has to be some, I trust scientists. I trust doctors. I, I do. It's and basically I, look at it like this. Um, 
once it enters your body, it's something that your body has never seen before, so it doesn't know how to fight it, right? Right. But once you've had it, it's it's like your immune system has a memory, yep, and it realizes what it is if it comes back in, and it knows how to fight it going forward. Now the human body I, I, is so I do complex know that, that, that it's dangerous, know. and I do know that yes. it has killed people, and it's gonna probably continue to kill people. And and what they've done find- the research on is that it is, it it's. 98% of the people that re- it really affects that end up with critical issues, and it may be even more than 98%. Um, that's, a, that's a number I've seen thrown around. Yeah, it, I, it's, I, yeah I 98% that. of them are people that have underlying health issues. That's right. So if you are, you know, reasonably healthy, you're going to be fine, you know? And it's that's way different than what we talked about before because obviously it, we didn't know what to say. And not just reasonably healthy and you're going to be fine – if you're not reasonably healthy and you catch this, we have a treatment. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay. And it's okay. It's not going to kill you. Now it's something that we're going to watch you closer and we don't want you to get it, but if you get it, we have a way to treat you and it's going to be okay. Yeah. This is, this is what we have to get it to. I trust that we'll have that, but by the end of the summer, no doubt, I just trust that our medical science is working on these things. I, I do. I believe in them. Um, as much as we bitch and complain about things that we are bad at in our country, I, I still believe that we have some of the best, brightest, and smartest people working on these things all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's it. If, if Major League Baseball comes back in late June, yep. we've already got the PGA we'll coming back. We'll have fans in, in the stands by the end of September. Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, 100% will have fans in the stands by the end of September. Now, it, this is a little off topic. The NCAA came out yesterday and – uh, highly suggested that college football players have at least a six-week training period before coming back to play. We we talked about that with Huey. That yeah. that, that that needs to happen. Yeah, and I think it will. Now it, it hasn't. They haven't had the full meeting to say, "Hey, we are going to do this." Well, um, that's but it, but that's going know, to be in they effect. Need, before college sports, amateur sports start really looking at this stuff. They need definitive answers medically on what's happening because these are amateurs. I don't give a damn about your state money. I don't care about your school or your programs or any of this stuff. These are still amateurs. And if you're not going to, I'm more willing to tell professional players, get out there and mix it up if we can make it safe for you because these are highly compensated individuals. Yeah. And there's only like 30 teams in the NCAA. There are much hundreds, much smaller. Everybody's able to be controlled and 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 you're highly compensated for the inconvenience that we're if we ask you to leave your family for three months heaven forbid we do that yeah okay we, we you you get to you make millions of dollars a year to play a game at the end of the day that's what you do and i'm okay with that i've never been one to throw their money at them but when you start saying i don't want to leave my mansion in malibu for the four seasons in scottsdale i kind of want to tell you to 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 go get fucked <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I'm with, I'm with you. I understand. Uh, you ready to talk football? Come on. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move into our NFL draft reaction and recap. Uh, you want to give the spiel that you gave yesterday? If if you did not watch yesterday's show, I'll let Chris explain exactly how we're going through this. Um, but we decided yeah. there was no possible way to do a real recap the way we're doing our daily shows and. There's not a whole lot of news going on every day. And so we thought this is a great opportunity for us to 
hit every team, every conference, every division, and give us some content for a little bit. So let's do that. So we're basically going division by division. We're going to break down what we think, and basically it is do we like it, do we dislike it, do we hate it, do we love it. On And what, who are the winners and losers in the division? And basically who do we think won the division, who do we think lost the division from the draft? Yep. If you are not a massive NFL fan, uh, there are eight divisions with four teams in each division. That makes up 32 teams. We're going to get through all of them in eight days. So today is day two. That means it is time for the AFC North. And we are going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, obviously, had the number one pick. That is always a good thing. They, they got Joe Burrow. In the second round, they got T. Higgins. In the third round, they got Logan Wilson out of Wyoming, a linebacker. Um, Akeem Davis-Gaither from App State, a linebacker that they got in, uh, I want to say, the fourth round. Uh, they they really killed this draft, man. They, they did some good things. Their team needs were quarterback, linebacker, and offensive line. Now, if you are an Andy Dalton believer, then you could say that they really didn't need a quarterback. But I think it was pretty well proven that they needed new blood at the position. I don't think anybody. Um, I don't think anybody is an Andy Dalton believer. At, I I, I believe in the Red Rocket. Is not an Andy Dalton believer. I believe in the Red Rocket. I think that he could do wonderful things with your Patriots. But we'll see. You're gonna stand on that island alone, and we'll never find out if it's true or not. Yeah, no, because he he's not gonna go there. <laughs> so, um, but I I thought Andy Dalton was was okay. I don't think he's as good okay. as Joe Burrow. I don't, I'm not disagreeing the fact that he's okay. The problem, the reason they've been mediocre for a decade is because Andy Dalton's okay. Yeah, I, and, and you're 100% right. Um, you know how I feel. He's he's the quarterback that I point to and say, I don't want this guy. Yeah. I don't want him because he'll never be so bad where I get the first pick overall. But he'll never be great and win a Super Bowl or a playoff game ever in his life. Yeah, he he's never I, won a playoff game. I would rather game. boom or bust at the quarterback position more than any other position. Yeah. Um, I need to know in two or three years, am I shooting you in the head or am I giving you the keys to the franchise? The, That's it. The Bengals, uh, as far as the huddle report goes, they are sixth in the NFL in this draft as far as getting value for their picks. Every single pick that they made had value, which yep. is, and, and this is according to the Huddle Report's, you know, top 250 list. Uh, that's pretty impressive, you know, and not, not that they were paying attention to the Huddle Report, but, um, I mean, they also got an A from Pro Football Focus. And that's, I mean, it going back and looking at everything that they did here, this made them seem like a competent organization, like that front office might actually know what they're doing. It, it's the first draft in, I'm going to say, many years where we walked away and, and said, huh, maybe the Bengals had a really good draft. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, round five, they had uh, Khalid Kareem, the edge rusher from Notre Dame. Round six, they got uh, the tackle out of Kansas, Hakeem Adinji. Uh, again, I mean, we'll see. You know, I he he's kind oh, of a project, right but round seven, dude, it, it doesn't matter. Everybody yeah. has a flyer at this point. You got that right. Uh, KB jumped in prediction. Every team that drafted an Alabama player gets an A plus from Gary, F from uh, or an F off from Chris. Eh, not it's really. Not true. It's not true. No, we we try and be unbiased. Through this thing. Yeah, we we try and I've be unbiased really here. With that. Um, I I will say this. I like what the Bengals did here. 
I think everything that they did fit a need. You know, they they didn't go super hard after the offensive line, but I think they can do that in free agency, uh, or they can even go through trades. I mean, they've they've got quite a few pieces that they can move around that we have some value. We disagree on the offensive line. We just we just do. I've watched enough the last two or three years. I've watched enough of the NFL to know there's only three or four teams that have good offensive lines. All the rest of them are crap. So okay. just, just get, you know, I've seen teams win without offensive linemen. I just have. Yeah. I used to believe it's a necessity. You have to have it or you can't. Win. And maybe you can't win a Super Bowl without it. But we're trying to get from the worst team in the league and one of the worst franchises in 20 years, okay? We're not talking Super Bowl yet. Let's let's get out of the toilet before we start talking Super Bowl. There are other times. Free agency is done. There are no offensive linemen available that anybody's going to go get, all right? You, you can go get a few outlier players at different positions. O-line ain't one of them. Um, so what they have is what they got at O-line. And it might be just fine. I think it's going to be fine. Burrow is a competent, capable quarterback that can move around. He knows how to avoid pressure, get the ball out, find the open man when he's on the run. He's not a statue. He's not your Peyton Manning type where he's just going to drop back four steps, five steps, and if he can't get the ball out, he's going down. He can move. So, You know what one of his his highest comparisons was to? Ryan Tannehill, which is – a little good. Now, obviously, he grades much better than Tannehill. Yeah, but no, I but get it's that. the same type Tannehill of quarterback. Was, was a receiver that that they converted to to quarterback. Yeah, at Texas A and M. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's an athlete. Absolutely. I don't know that Burrow's athletic enough to have ever played wide receiver at any level, but he's definitely an athlete. I oh, mean, the dude. You know, he's, I, I heard it on uh, on some of the draft talk over the weekend, and of course, it was brought up that he's quote sneaky athletic it's like there's nothing sneaky well, about this they have he, to say sneaky because he's white i know the sneaky bar is the white guy yeah they should have said he's got a high motor because that but he doesn't play a position that you want a high motor at so they don't want to say that no that that makes sense that's normally the white that's sneaky the, yeah. fast means a white guy who's really fast yeah you got that right uh mckinnon jumped in he said the Bengals had a mid-tier line like the rest of their team you can have that line with above-average skill players or have a great line with average skill players and succeed, but not both, and they damn sure had both. Yeah. Yeah, and now I think they've got, like, they'll get A.J. Green back this year. They will have T. Higgins lining up on the I want A.J. Side. to have one more good season in the sun for Joe's sake, but also for his legacy's sake. Yeah. He's been mediocre to hurt the last, what, two to three years? Yeah, I think it's been it's three. It's been so long since he was elite, and, man, when he was elite, there was nobody better than him. Hey, you are dead on. Just couldn't stay healthy, and I hate that that's going to be his legacy. Give him one more fun year in the sun where he can be healthy and look like the star that he was. And then if he moves on and does something else, at least we remember him for that. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's move on to your brownies. So we like what the Bengals did, right? Oh, 100%. Yes. I'm, I'm not uh, going to say I love it yet. I haven't gotten to a team that I love yet. but No, we'll, like we'll do winners and losers and whatnot at, at the at the end of this thing. But, yeah, I, I like what the Bengals did 100%. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns are next up on our docket. They needed offensive line help. They needed linebacker help. They needed wide receiver help. And, honestly, they uh, 
They did all of that other than wide receiver help, but I don't know really how much wide receiver help they really need. I don't know why need. they needed wide receivers. They have two elite wide receivers. Yeah. They don't have a huge depth chart of wide receivers, but they got two of the best 20 wide receivers in the league. Per, uh, per the huddle That's report, weird. their value grade was seventh in this draft, so right behind the Bengals. Right behind the Bengals, That's right. Um, the only person that they took that was not a value pick per the huddle report was linebacker Jacob Phillips out of LSU. Yep. Um other than that, everybody else, offensive line, Jedrick Wills, they got him at 10. There was talk about Wills going number four. Um, KB jumped in and threw a, uh, threw a poop icon to us. So, you know, <laughs> the Brownies, of course. Uh, they, got, they got Grant Delpit in the second round uh, way later than I thought anybody else would, which is... Yeah, I thought, I've, yeah. you know, the, the, the two safeties that fell were, were Delpit and McKenzie, and I, I just couldn't... I couldn't understand it where DBs were going like crazy. I just think great safety play affects a defense way better than a cornerback does. Yes. I mean, it depends on so your scheme. more than just lock down one side or, or one player. They affect the game, I think, at a, from, a, from a big picture view than, than one cornerback. And cornerbacks just went like nuts. And these two safeties just fell and fell. In fact, I just couldn't yeah. believe it. It was it was definitely strange. Delpit, you know, he didn't have a great last season. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact he was hurt for no, he's played hurt. Season. Yeah, so of course he's not going to be as good as he was. When but he, he never was a quit, and he still had a hell of a season. Oh, when he got healthy, hurt. when he got healthy towards the end of the year, oh yeah, he looked lights out. So look, look, watch watch the SEC title game, watch the playoffs. Yeah, the, the three quote unquote biggest games of the year. Watch those three games. That boy was on fire. Elite competition. And, and and as much as we like to crap on Oklahoma, offensively they're elite competition. That's yes. who Delpit went against. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. They uh they needed linebacker help. They got defensive lineman Jordan Elliott out of Missouri. There's a chance that he could end up being a, an edge rusher. It just depends what's going on. They got Jacob Phillips. We just talked about the sleeper for them that I really like. I can't believe this dude went so late. I just what? don't. I don't so, understand are you, football. Are you talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones? Yeah. Or, is that who so, you're talking about? No. I was talking about Harrison Bryant, the tight end out of Florida Atlantic. Okay. That kid is legit. So they got him, I believe, fifth round. He is something else, man. He's are you, They might have taken him. Was it fourth round or fifth? Yeah, fourth was, round. Fourth round. It was, four, it was his second fourth round pick. He was awesome at Florida Atlantic. He was absolutely awesome. Um, I think he's got a real chance of of making noise this year. That he's not going to be, you know, offensive rookie of the year, anything like that. But I I think he could end up being a starter in this league, and they got him in the fourth round. I, so hold on, I want to remind people that I've been watching football for a long time, closely watching drafted players for a long time, receivers that used to be three years before they really broke out, running backs that used to be one or two, quarterbacks that used to be two or three tight end, and all of those have changed, by the way. All of those are guys that can come in the league and play right away, immediately. Um, Tight end is still a position that even the elitist of elite tight ends come in, and it takes them at least two years before they really find their footing. The difference between the game of football at the college level and the pro level for the tight end position is bigger than any position in the league. Yeah, I I could buy that. So, so – if this guy does nothing this year or next year, that does not mean a bust, okay? 
Yeah, that doesn't mean he's not good. All that means it just, is it just doesn't. I mean, look at look at the Broncos. Look at the two guys from Iowa last year. Okay, uh, one went to uh, Noah Fant and um, oh god, they, uh, the guy that went to uh, the Lions, Hushmanzada, right? What's his name though? It's something like that. Uh, it wasn't Hushmanzada. It was I forget what it was. I'm I'm looking it up now. I'm looking at it. But, anyway. But keep keep both going. Both of those guys are going to be elite level tight ends, I believe. And last year they were okay, but. But they're rookies at the tight end position, and it's just a really big adjustment. Big, big, big adjustment. It takes two to three years to figure that thing out. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. But I, I do think, so going back to that, Harrison Bryant, I do think that he, um, I think that? he has okay. a good chance. Uh, go. Nick, Nick Harris out of Washington, interior offensive lineman. Uh, good value pick. I mean, absolutely value yeah. pick. He was, he was dominant for the Huskies. Uh, and then, of course, you take a flyer in the sixth round on Donovan Peoples-Jones. This dude and, right here yeah. was given a third-round draft pick grade and come out of high school, elite-level athlete, showed flashes and signs at Michigan, and I'm not for making excuses for these guys. I'm, I'm, not, I'm very much not. But I think the reason this kid fell and this kid didn't blow up the way some of these elite-level receivers blew up is – a size wise, six two, it's a little bit shorter than some of the elite guys yep. out there. But but the other thing is at Michigan, they continually not just changed offensive coordinators, they completely changed in three years to three different offensive philosophies and systems. Yeah. And every even if they had the same OC from his first year to his second year, they they still totally changed how they were going to play the game offensively, and then constant change at quarterback. I I, I don't know how any receiver. This is exactly what I want with my seventh round pick. By the way, this is exactly what I want: a guy that projects to be a stud, could be elite. That I'm getting this late, and guess what? If he's not elite, we're gonna know in two years. Oh, yeah. We're gonna put him on a bus and send him home. He's not going to take up a roster spot anymore, and he's making the league minimum because he was a seventh round pick. Yeah, you're 100 exactly right. Exactly what you want late in the draft. I don't know why these teams continually draft players at other positions that you just know you probably could have picked those guys up in free agency or whatever. You you ain't getting him in free agency. No, I, I don't. I don't believe so. Um, so uh, back to the tight ends. By the way, uh, T.J. Hawkinson was was Hawkinson. the guy that went to Atlanta. I knew, it was, I knew it was a long H name. That was weird. Uh, let me uh, let me get caught up in some of these uh, chat messages here. Chris Gray's jumped in on Facebook. First time I've seen him on there. Uh, they showed us that UFO footage a few years ago. Uh, now, it was leaked, but it was not confirmed by the confirmed. Pentagon. The UFO stuff is confirmed yeah. now. He said, uh, there's a reason why they brought it back up. Get your popcorn ready. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see something interesting pop up. McKinnon jumped in. He said, Chris is 100% right. Next year, middle linebacker safeties tend to be leaders on D, not to mention they typically have much longer successful careers compared to corners. Great examples like Ed Reed, Brian Dawkins, Troy Palomalu last forever, and they wrecked offenses. 100%. Uh, yeah, Michael, honey, the Honey Badger went to oh, yeah. one of the worst defenses in all of football. Other than that, they didn't really lose a lot or change a lot. D Ford got out of there, but they didn't replace him with anybody special. Yeah. And he didn't make that defense elite. But he made just enough big plays to slow teams down, to get them to punt instead of getting an extra first down. I just don't understand why the league is just going just cornerback crazy, and safeties are falling by the wayside, man. Yeah. Oh, it's it's crazy. 
Uh, Michael Fritch on Twitch said Fant got banged up but had a pretty good season for a rookie. McKinnon yeah. jumped in and said, did Moss Jr. ever get picked up and then just say no to drugs yeah. on Twitch, another new follower. Uh, said Thad Moss went to the Redkin, uh, Redskins. So, yeah, he got picked up as an undrafted free agent. I wanted so, him to get drafted so bad. Oh, I wanted to get drafted so bad. Um, as far as the Browns go, like, dislike, I, I'll tell you mine. I, I like what they did. Yeah. that's. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I, I did too. I did too. Let's move on from there. We will move into the Baltimore Ravens. Now, they needed linebacker help. Maybe not much. Uh, they needed edge rushing help. Maybe not much. And they they didn't have a whole lot of holes. This was the best team in football for 13 of the 17 weeks of the season. Um, And then, (laughs) you know, their other biggest need was wide receiver. I mean, they didn't have a a ton at wide receiver. Obviously, this is a rushing offense. Uh, But you get another speedster, and, yeah, you're going to be all right. So, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So, what did they do? They went out, they got Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU in the first round. They got J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State uh, running back in the second round. They picked up a defensive lineman, Justin Matabuki, from Texas A&M, and he was kind of a stud. He, he's one of those projects. You're going to have to stay on him. You know? You're going to stay on him, but that guy's a monster. Yeah. Uh, Devin Athletic-wise, size-wise, strength-wise. Oh, he's unbelievable. Ain't a whole lot. You, he's a guy that you got to watch, but, man, he's got potential to be a beast. Yeah, uh, just a note of drugs said, just because you dominate opponents on the schedule doesn't necessarily make you the best team in football. They had clear voids at the wide receiver position. Yes, okay. agreed. Right. We, we will, but, they we will. Have, but they don't throw the ball a lot. So while they have voids there... However, okay. they can throw the ball more because obviously they needed to against uh, against the Titans, right? Uh, he said, great show, guys. I'll be back. So Appreciate absolutely. that. Absolutely. We appreciate uh, any new followers that come in. We do this every day, uh, sometime after 4.30 Central. So... Uh, we do appreciate anybody that wants to jump in. But, uh, but yeah, he, he's right. They they did need wide receiver help. Obviously, they addressed that some last year in the first round with Hollywood Brown. Now, he was banged up a lot of the season. They do have a lot of veteran experience at wide receiver, um, but they, they need some younger guys, and they got that. They, uh, they went, they got Devin Duvernay in the third round, wide receiver out of Texas. They got wide receiver James Proshi out of uh, SMU and, and picked him up in the sixth round. And it's, you know, you take a flyer on a guy that can fly. Like, he, he's ridiculous. He was unbelievable in Sonny Dykes' offense. At, you get fast guys and guys that can actually run real routes, and that opens up so much more for that running game, which now has some ridiculous talent at running back. And obviously, you've got Lamar at quarterback, and we all know he can run. So, yeah. it, they, they keep building around this style of offense, and nobody really has been able to figure it out yet. So... You know, yes, they got stopped by the Titans in the playoffs. That's going to happen from time to time. It is what it is. But, you know, they it's not like they were demolished by the Titans. They missed out on some fourth down opportunities, and it completely flipped the game around. And that's it. I, I like the idea of being strength on strength. You know that that's, that's my philosophy in life. Yeah. Is if you're really good at something, just go all in on it. And your weaknesses are always going to be your weaknesses. But, uh, Al Davis used to believe this, okay? Now, not that Al Davis's line of thinking was always great, all right? But he believed in strength on strength, and he used to talk to his general managers and his personnel guys about baseball all the time. And he was like, ah, you know, if if you got two 20-game winners, but you can't – pitchers, but you, but you can't hit the ball, don't trade a 20-game winner for a 40-home run guy. 
that doesn't help you. Now you're just mediocre at both of them. You know, trade whatever offensive player you got, get a third 20-game winner, put strength on strength in there, and you can't be stopped. Yeah. You know, and I just I just think don't worry about the things you're not good at. Be really, really exceptional at the things you're good at. What are the Ravens good at? Running the football. Yes. They got maybe the best running back in this draft yeah. at running the football behind Lamar Jackson. I think it's going to be scary to stop those guys. I oh, really do. 100%. When you got Ingram in the backfield already, and now you got Dobbins as well, uh, just say no to drugs on Twitch, said one more comment before I roll, and you'll like this one, Chris. Justin Jefferson was the steal of the wide receiver class. So I, I was going to comment now, that, on that why wasn't for they the Ravens, didn't go but... I appreciate that, by the way. Why they didn't go to the uh, the the wide receiver route in the first round is because five or six of them were taken before they had gotten there. Yeah, and I don't think they wanted the set, which I disagree with. I would have probably, if I needed wide receiver help, I wouldn't have been upset to to get T Higgins. Okay, I, I think that guy could easily be. We could look back in three years and say, "Oh, that's the best wide receiver in this draft class." Yeah, and I don't know that we'd all be blown away. All right, that that kid has all the makings of being elite, um, but Jefferson. Uh, a lot of people assumed Rugs was going to fall because we thought Judy and Lamb were going to be the first two taken, and and the Ravens. There was a lot of talk that they might move up to go get him. When when Rugs went, Judy went, Lamb went. I don't think there's anybody else they're moving up to go get. Yeah, I agree. And, and if one fell to him, I think if Jefferson would have fallen to him, they would have taken him. I really believe that, um, but, but he chimed back in. He said, "Yeah, I'll take Jefferson over Judy Lamb and Rugs." I don't. I don't know right that. I, I, don't, do that. I don't know where this guy's from, but checks in the mail. <laughs> Show me a Venmo. Uh, speaking on speaking on the uh, on the Ravens, McKinnon jumped in as a Falcons fan. Lamar has always appeared to me as a better Mike Vick, better arms, better legs, especially better mentality in regards to learning and professionalism. The dude is just astounding in every capacity. Vic might have had a touch better speed and moves but it's splitting hairs at that point. Uh, yeah. And then Michael Fritz jumped in. I take him over Rugs, but not Judy and Lamb. And then um, Justin Drug said, numbers don't lie, baby. So, you know, I understand he had a crazy year last year, but uh, I don't know, man. If you go and, and actually dig into those numbers, you know, he, he was really good. He was elite. Hey, you could, but you could do that to Judy and Lamb. Yeah, you could do it with just Judy about anybody. Rugs, definitely. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, we will see. Brooks got uh, 40 balls last year, okay? At the end of the day, in a game in which these guys catch 100 receptions a year. Wait, wait, Ruggs? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he caught 40 balls. I thought you said he dropped. I was like, he caught no. four, <laughs> when, when these guys come out of seasons with 100 catches, yeah. he caught 40. That While he did a lot with a little, he still only caught 40. Yeah, that's you're, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. Um. Let's uh let's go ahead and wrap up the Ravens here. I I like what the Ravens did. I, I thought it was you know, it, it wasn't as good as as the other two that we've already been over. Uh yeah. but as far as like or dislike, I like what they did. I thought it was good. I, I like what they did. I like that they went strength on strength at the running back position instead of going um, Oh hey, hey, before before we close them out, uh uh round seven, they took safety Geno Stone out of Iowa. I I meant to bring this up. Steal of the draft, in my opinion. That kid is freaking ridiculous. Like he is immensely talented. I would have a lot talented. of guys drafted, and I think all of them have potential to be good. The the fact that this guy fell to the seventh round, I thought he would be gone in in three or four. Like safeties, I, I, man, I, I unbelievable. Don't, I can't explain the league. I know wide receiver 
the wide receiver position has become so valuable in the NFL. I get that. And so we assume, well, that means the cornerback position has to get more valuable. There are more ways to defend somebody than locking somebody up man-to-man. I mean, there just are. Yeah. No, you're, you're 100% I, I, right. I, I, but I have a different philosophy than all these guys, and they get paid to do it, and I don't. And I just – I wish I did. I would love to have the opportunity to build a team in my image the way I want because – I just wouldn't spend that much money on it. I would no. I would get them in free agency the best I could. I'd spend a lot of money. I wouldn't spend a lot of draft capital on them. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. But, um, all right, so we, we both like the Ravens. Both like the Ravens a lot. Both like the Ravens. That moves us into the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, uh, hometown team, not hometown, but it, team that I grew up cheering for. I didn't really have an option. My dad grew up a Steelers fan. They're in turn. I grew up a Steelers fan. There are years that I wish that wasn't the case. So it, it does bother me sometimes that I pull for this team. But uh, you know, let's uh, let's dive into what they did here. They needed uh, per you know all these different media sources. Um, Michael jumps in already. Really like the Anthony uh, Anthony McFarland pick. Add him to Connor and Snell. Okay, you know we'll we'll see. But they needed offensive line help. They needed cornerback help, and they needed running back help. Uh, they they got a wide receiver in the second round, Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame, who was fine. I I didn't really like him at Notre Dame, in a, but in a he was crazy, okay. just stupid deep wide receiver class. You you got maybe the least sexy wide receiver. Now the one thing that scares me is every time the Steelers draft a receiver, the guy turns into the next Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, like. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't know who a lot of their receivers were in the past coming out of high school and college, and they end up being monsters. So anybody who thought Antonio Brown was going to be a freak, you, you're wrong. You just didn't. No, you had no idea. You had you're no lying. Idea. He, he, had he, a, he had a he had a chance to, uh, and, well, yeah, and obviously he did. To, but, but nobody 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 projected that. No, not right? at all. Uh, McKinnon jumps in. By the way, Rugs reminds me of Irvin. Of what Urban said about super fast receivers, they're great on long routes, but have a really hard time trying to break on short routes. They're easier to hold up on those shorter routes. Like I said during the draft, speed kills, but skills win. Uh, you have not watched Henry Ruggs. He's not just a deep threat. It's completely different, but he, he is fast. So uh, McKinnon said, how many more years till the Steelers are forced to pick up the next quarterback? Uh, from from the rumors I heard today, they're already talking to Cam Newton. So, and I was going to say, as, I mean, soon, as soon as they can find one. Yeah. Uh, so, back to team needs for the Steelers' offensive line, cornerback, running back. So, first round, they went wide receiver, which didn't really need. And in round three, they went with an edge rusher, Alex Highsmith, out of Charlotte. Now, I did watch Alex Highsmith multiple times this year because I bet on hey, Charlotte. Bet on Charlotte quite a I bit. I bet on Charlotte a lot. I love Alex Highsmith. I think he is fantastic. Okay. However, Careful they've already got they watched a couple of times at a small school play against other small schools. Well, yeah, like I, I thought it was great. Like I, it, in that setting, I saw him play. I thought it was good. However, you don't need another edge rusher. If there's one thing that the Steelers have, it is edge rushers. Front like seven. They, which, by the way, they signed uh, T.J. Watt to his fifth year extension, fifth year option, whatever. Yeah. So he'll be back again, obviously. Uh, I, mean, I don't think that was ever a question, but, um, but you know, after after you get done getting an edge rusher, they go get another running back who Michael just talked about on Twitch, Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. Now that kid can absolutely fly. He's he's incredibly skilled, incredibly talented, but they already got a bunch of skill guys. 
So, okay, like I understand it's a team need, but you got Benny Snell in the draft last year. He was okay. Uh, you got James Conner. He's pretty good, too. Okay, you know, after that, you got Kevin Dotson from Louisiana, who I think they reached for. Uh, I mean, he's an interior offensive lineman who is big. He's a big old boy. But when you go back and actually do it, and obviously, because I'm a Steelers fan, I've gone and watched, you know, highlights. And, went, and the highlights look great on these guys, but if you look at their grades, it's not great, right? So, obviously, you can you can make highlight tapes out of anybody. Um, so, I would love to see Kevin Dotson be, you know, good, but that's the only offensive lineman that they drafted. They got safety Antoine Brooks out of Maryland. They got uh, uh, defensive lineman Carlos Davis out of Nebraska in round seven. You know, at that point, you're just taking flyers on guys. I, as a Steelers fan, I was not impressed with what they did in the draft. Now, that's, you know, I rarely am I impressed with what they do in the draft. And they end up coming out looking like gangbusters, typically. They, so, they develop players better than most people in the league. Yeah. I mean, they, they really do. Um, the issue is, so do the Ravens. And that's like... Yeah, obviously oh, well, the yeah. Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals are getting better. The Browns, mm. I think, are getting better. Mm. Um, I mean, we'll, listen. Neither the Bengals or the Browns have developed anybody in a long time. They get better because sometimes they've gone out and gotten guys, or yeah. they've drafted guys, but they haven't taken like a two star that you know was in college and played pretty well and came in as a six round pick and turned that guy into an everyday starter in my life. Uh, you got a no. You got a valid point. No, no, they develop point. people. The Ravens. Well, but here's the, the thing: they've got they crap all the time. They both got Patriots newer coaching all staff. The time. Seattle does it all the time. Uh, the elite teams do it a lot. Yes, but the Browns and Bengals obviously have flipped over front offices, flipped over uh, yeah. coaching staffs, and whatnot. So, so obviously there is unlimited hope okay. right now, which is always a good right. thing. Right. Uh, McKinnon, I, I struggle with ever trusting the Browns front office because tomorrow it'll be different. Yeah, that's three that's a very people valid in the front point. office will be fired before next year, even if they win ten games, because Jimmy's just can't get along with everybody. Yeah, he, well, I don't know that he can't get along with them. I just think he, I don't know, he just likes constant chaos. I guess I don't. Yeah, uh, McKinnon jumped in on Facebook. He said, uh, and this is a very valid point. He said, "Doubling down on your strengths?" Question mark. Like, yeah, I mean, that's basically what it looked like. You know. I'm okay building strength on strength to an extent. This is I don't see this as that though. No, they already had depth. Ma- at all these mainly positions. because I don't think I'm in love with any of the players they took. I guess that's the difference. If they were have taken J.K. Dobbins, then I'd be like, okay, they got strength on strength. They're already really good at running the football. Now they're going to be even better at running the football, and I like that. Yeah, taking a running back that mm, okay, I don't know, you know taking the edge rusher that that's not strength on strength to me because I'm not sold. But we talked about this yesterday and I guess we'll do this purpose here. The whole reason any of these guys get any of these grades is based off of what the people grading them's biases and, and understanding of what these players are, are um, pro football focus has the Steelers at being like a, a B minus while uh fantasy pros has the Steelers being a D minus. Yeah. Well, how are we so far apart on their grade? Well, pro football focus liked these guys a whole lot better than fantasy pros like these guys that they took. Yeah. They, they still, they look at them and say they took the same dudes, but everyone grades differently. And it's all based on if, if you had Claypool 
high, if you had Highsmith high, if you had McFarlane high, then you're going to say they had a hell of a draft. Yeah, and which is guys like, low. It's also why. Yeah, it's why we don't give letter grades. We tell you whether no, we like we, it or dislike. We say we like, dislike, love, or hate. We haven't really hated anybody yet. We haven't loved anybody yet. I dislike this team. Yeah, I I dislike as well. I, it it didn't make they're it, the obvious loser in this division. Yes, for the draft grade. Yes, a hundred percent. It it didn't make sense to me what their it it almost looked like they went into this with no plan. They just went with their it, as Lombardi talks about their horizontal board and. Their horizontal board looked completely different from everybody else's, right? So they weren't drafting. Yeah, just trade back. Yeah, it it wasn't for need. Like, they weren't drafting for need at any of these positions, but none of these guys had any real value if you go look at the big board of of any Any, major media. Not just Mel Kuyper in it, okay? Across the board, everybody assumed these guys were reaches. Yes. McKinnon said, don't worry, you'll hate the Falcons outside of round two. But yes, like they, everybody that the, other than the late picks that the Steelers got, yeah. everybody was a reach. Everybody's a reach, and I don't understand that, especially for, you know, players that are not in a position of need. So I don't know how it makes you any better. I don't know. It, I, I, none of it made any sense to me. Like obviously, I'm gonna be pulling for them, and I hope it's, you know, I hope it works out well. I, I, I hmm. thought. And if they if they if this is a team that makes the move for Cam, then that makes all the sense in the world. Um, if not, this was a team that I thought was going to go up and get from or Eason. Yeah, yeah. I, because I they the same need thing. they need to start looking at life without Ben pretty quickly, and you never want to wait until it's over to do that. I agree a hundred percent. Like it, they, we've been through the Mason Rudolph years. We've been through not Mason Rudolph years, but. Uh, but last yeah, season, no, he's was done. he can't do it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, Landry, who was the guy? Landry, Landry Jones. It. Yeah. Landry like Jones. You, you know, you know, right now you have enough tape on both those guys to know you don't want them on your roster. Yeah. They don't need to be there. They can't do it. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. It, it's those guys are not your, your quarterbacks of the future. Uh, Doug Hodges, definitely not it. Yeah, you got to get somebody else in there. Uh, I think Cam fits best. I think that's where he'll end up. Um, and would it surprise me if Ben doesn't last the whole season again? I mean, it, it was yeah. it was January that they were talking about he may not play football again. And then in March, all of a sudden, he feels 10 years younger and his arm feels the best he's ever thrown. But like, the, I, I don't the know what minute to trust. he starts getting hit, how is he going to feel? Exactly. He's been a calendar year without being hit. So, yeah, you start feeling great now. After first quarter of game one, how are you feeling now you're getting beat on? Uh, let's let's get to this. We got the loser of the draft for this division. Who do you think the winner is? Because I, I'm having a hard time picking a winner. I like what the other three teams did as a whole. I think this division got a lot better on draft day. Oh, I think it did as well. I think it did as well. It, if the Steelers have a quarterback, then they are still a really, really good football team. Oh, no, team. yeah. The Steelers are they're, they're not bad. The reason they didn't draft well is because they don't really have to, and they didn't have yeah. good draft picks to begin with because their team's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they, they only had uh, six picks in this draft, so, you know, is what it is. Um, I I would say uh, so my, the Steelers are are the losers they're, they're uh, the obvious in this division. Losers. I'm having a hard time parsing the other three. I'm, I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with your Browns. 
So I, I kind of want it to, but I didn't want to be the homer there. The only reason I think it's between the Browns and the Bengals, because while the Ravens are an unbelievable team, the way they draft it, I think the value of everybody is, is either with T Higgins in the second round is just stealing as yeah. a, as a receiver that there's no reason two other receivers should have gone before him. That there's just, there's just no way you can quantify how you looked at his Jalen Rager or uh, yeah. Brandon Ayuk or Ayuk, whoever yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 just, I just can't, I can't get there. Well, okay. the only reason those guys, those guys, yeah, they, they got drafted all because the tape of and the highlights from those guys. And I, I just can't get there. The, the only reason they got drafted high is because of their speed. That is it. That's the only oh, thing. Oh, there's so much more to football than that. I know. I know, I know that but, it's important. Well, but, but this I is mean, this is kind of like when everybody Julio was Jones anywhere close to the fastest receiver in football anymore. No, but but, but he, nobody listen, wants to go against him, right? He's still a monster. Exactly. It, here's the deal, though. Sean Hopkins. How long has Larry Fitzgerald been great, and he hasn't been elite level speed since his rookie year? I mean, it, it, in over a decade. Uh, I but just no, don't look, understand. Look, look, it is it's different, and and here's why these teams are doing this. You saw this not this past season, but the season before. Everybody wanted a piece of Sean McVay, right? Everybody was hiring Sean McVay's laundry guy yes. and whoever else. Um, yeah. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl with speed on speed on speed on speed, right? But their offense is built completely different than everybody else's. If you're not going to spend the next 10 years completely deconstructing the way you play football and building it in that image, then just drafting like them is going to make you fall on your face. But they made everybody believe that you have to have that deep play threat, and You're the guys that drafted these guys didn't have it. Uh, Michael Fritz jumps in on Twitch, by the way. Baltimore wins the draft and probably the division. I hope the others keep it close. Well, I think, hey. the, I think they're going to win the division. I don't know if that's going to be close. I'd love to see them not win it. Yeah. But I think they're the far and away best team. That's why I'm trying to – I don't know that they won the draft out of this division, but – I'm trying to take away the fact that they have Lamar. They have a great offensive line. They have Hollywood Brown. Uh, Hollywood Brown. Like, those can't affect my decision in this. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, Michael said everyone's looking for the next uh, the next hill. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what this is. Um, well, if you're not going to run an offense like, like they run, hill's really not that valuable. Yeah, and I agree 100%. 100%. I mean, there's 20 receivers. If Hill was on any other offense – there's 20 receivers better than him. Yeah. Hill's elite because of the play calling and the way the offense is designed by Andy Reid and the and the, the the chess pieces they have on offense and Patrick Mahomes. If you don't have Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, then Hill's, Hill's value goes way down. What yeah. he looked like the couple of games Mahomes didn't play? Because he was still fine, but yeah, he but, wasn't. But they couldn't get him the football. He wasn't elite. That's right. Like, all his skills go away. If you think Derek Carr is going to get rugs the football deep all day long, you it's haven't not been happen. football the last three years. It's yeah. just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You're, uh, you're 100% right. Um, so, I'm going to give it to my Browns, too. I, I like the Willis draft pick. Um, I, I want it, Werford, but we're talking. Werft, I, I'm never going to pronounce his yeah. name right. Werft. He's the best lineman, I thought, in this draft. But we're splitting hairs between him and Wills. I thought they were one and two. Um, and I thought there was kind of a gap maybe between them and Thomas and then a gap between them and Beckton. So, I, you know, I, you know, I, as long as they got one of those two guys, I was ecstatic. 
selfish. I love the double pick. I, I trust the the Phillips pick. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I, I think, Harrison Bryant I think was a very good pick. You know, yeah, I think I think Jordan value. Elliott. But from Missouri, he's going to be a stud. I think that guy has a chance. And the reason being is because he's not going to have to do everything on that team. That defense is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think I, I'm going to give it to him. I'm I'm doing the same. I'm going to give it to the Browns. Uh, I need a trigger man. I need Baker to either nut up or shut up this year. Yeah. And I, I think that's the point because if, if he doesn't, obviously they'll go in, they'll draft another quarterback. Because so. this team is, I, I believe. They're loaded. I believe this team is loaded. I really yeah, think that. they've got a ton I, I, of talent. Every level of the field, and this year they shored up. The, the reason there aren't any free agent offensive linemen is because the Browns sucked them all up. They <laughs> the paid Browns, everybody in the league. The Browns stole them all. Stole they, them all. They, did, well, they didn't steal them. They paid them. They broke up in the checkbook, and they said, you three guys are coming to Cleveland, and we're paying you. You got that right. You got that right. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us for today. Uh, if you want to see the NFC North recap, obviously you can go over to our YouTube page. It is up there, or you can watch it from yesterday's show on whatever platform you're watching. Wherever you are watching, please make sure that you are subscribed. Share the show out with your friends if you would so kindly. Leave a nice comment, a nice review. We always appreciate that. You can find everything you need to about us over at winningcureseverything.com. Chris, is there anything else we need to hit today? No, man, that's it. Tomorrow we're going to do AFC East. AFC correct? East tomorrow. Yep, stay in the AFC. AFC East. So we'll talk about the uh, the Patriots. We'll talk about the Jets. We'll talk about the Dolphins. And we'll talk about the Bills. And it will be a good time. And then we'll move to the NFC East on Thursday. You guys have been magnificent. We appreciate everybody that jumped in the chat today. You guys were very active. We always, always appreciate you guys doing that and uh, keeping the conversation going. Thank you so much for uh, uh, Michael said. Thanks, fellas. What division coming tomorrow? AFC East tomorrow. Uh, We will get to your Broncos soon enough. Don't worry. (laughs) All right. We will will go on and get out of here. Everybody take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.